Welcome to the Tier 1 People Podcast, Fintech Game Changers, brought to you in partnership with Fintech Australia. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. Today, I'm joined by Stuart Clout, CEO of ASX-listed fintech, The Dockyard. Stuart shares his story of going from lawyer to fintech CEO and how his team is tackling the huge issue of compliance and security for investment banks and law firms with global platform, The Dockyard. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to the show. G'day, Dexter. Um, Thanks for coming along. So, Stuart, to put our listeners at ease, we haven't made a pivot into shipbuilding, but you're from a business called The Dockyard. Would you like to tell our listeners what The Dockyard is? Uh, yes, no, we're definitely not in shipbuilding. Uh, I can give you a little bit of information about the genesis of The Dockyard as a name and a brand in a moment, but we are a, a software as a service technology company, and we are in the deal technology, reg tech, and fintech space. Great. And so when you say deal technology, could you maybe give just a little bit more kind of info around what that what that involves? Yeah. So by deal, I mean a capital or commercial uh, transaction. So an M&A transaction, an IPO, a capital raise, venture capital and private equity type transactions through to large commercial transactions such as major projects and infrastructure uh, and insolvency type work. So the sorts of things that you know, lawyers and bankers and big corporates and funds typically do every day. And that's the deal piece. The technology piece is our technology makes doing those deals easier, better, simpler. Mm. Um, Traditionally, those deals have been run on email. And email is technically a piece of technology, um, you know, invented in the 70s. And the uh, the deal industry has never really moved beyond the, the humble email as the mm. key piece of tech that's used to get things done. Uh, so we're really attacking that problem. Right. So you had some real experience of this recently and that you listed on the ASX. Um, would you like to tell us about that experience? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, the So not only because of that transaction in and of itself, but I spent 15 years as a capital markets lawyer, uh, both at partnership level in a large professional services firm and also in-house for a you know, Fortune 500 company doing transactions. So I, my trade is doing transactions and that's kind of why I realized they needed to be done better. Uh, and certainly four or five weeks ago, we uh, our IPO got away. Um, I uh, got the, had the privilege of ringing the bell down at the ASX, and that was, you know, it was a really, a really grand day for us, uh, for as a business, where we got to celebrate where we'd got to so far. Um, but it's also a, a new gateway for yeah. us to go through in terms of it's a whole new platform on which for us to grow, and particularly to take uh, our great Australian homegrown technology um, into the global markets. All right. And so, where, where's um, what's the plan for Australia right now? So. It, the plan in Australia uh, hasn't dramatically changed post-IPO. We're still attempting to engage with everyone that works on deals, so everyone in that ecosystem. As I said, the lawyers, the investment bankers, the corporate finance advisors, the corporates themselves and the funds, everyone that's in that ecosystem, we're looking to engage with them and to say to them simply, there's a better way to run your deals. Mm-hmm. There's there's a safer way to run your deals. There's a, a much nicer way to run your deals. And our technology is is aimed at that. Uh, and then in terms of the global market, so moving particularly and initially into the UK and the European market, um, the, the, the strategy is, is similar to the extent that it's about uh, engagement and awareness 
and then getting the technology in the hands of those doing deals. Because I can tell you, I've done thousands and thousands of demos, Dexter, and never once has anyone that's ever worked on a deal seen the dockyard and not said, oh, where has that been all my life, right? It's it's just about getting it out there for us. Yeah. So what is it that you would say is, is so unique about the dockyard and the platform that you've built? So it's it's unique to the extent that we're really bringing together five or six different tools or features that exist disparately across other products that deal advisors mm. and their clients are using every day. And we're bringing them together into a very uh, cohesion and uh, whole, uh, fulsome platform that allows everyone to execute the transaction in one secure space. Uh, and so, for example, what are the various and disparate pieces of technology that typically are being used? You've got the email we've talked about. We've got the Humble Excel spreadsheet. We've got the Word table. We've got secure file sharing tools, which range from your Google Drive, Dropbox, up to the higher-end virtual data rooms that exist in the corporate finance and M&A space. Uh, you've got... Um, you know, project management tools ranging from Microsoft Project through to the more retail Trellos of the world. And they're all being used in some way or form to try and sticky tape together the thing called a deal. Uh, and a deal is just a project. Right? It starts, stuff happens in the middle. People do that stuff. People want to know where that stuff's up to. Uh, and then it ends. And if you think of it in that way, uh, which I did, I looked at what other project-based industries do. So I looked at software development. Software development is, is project-based work and what Atlassian have done for them. I looked mm. at what Aconex have done for the construction management industry. And it they have applied good workflow, project management, collaboration, and file sharing technology into one cohesion digital secure space. And that's what the dockyard is for deals. Right. So it has all the hallmarks then of a business that you would look at that hits unicorn status? Uh, I certainly believe so. Uh, that's certainly, you know, on our pathway. Um, we've got a giant addressable market and somewhat of a green fields in front of us in terms of um, the, the solution that we're delivering to the market. There's a lot of deals happening out there every single day all over the world, and they're all being done on email, mm. on post-it notes, and on spreadsheets. And if you, if you leave even productivity efficiency and waste to the side for one moment. Even if you say they're nice to haves, I tell you what aren't nice to haves. I tell you what are absolutely compelling must haves. And that is data security and compliance. Those two things are not negotiable. Mm. There's not a single fund, corporate bank or deal advisor in the world worth its salt. That's not thinking about how do I keep my data more secure and how do I stay compliant? Yeah. And the question I often ask people is, do you believe in 2025 that people will still be using email to send confidential information around? Or the alternative is, do you believe if you're a deal advisor, a lawyer, a banker, a corporate finance advisor, do you believe your clients will let you use email to send their confidential information around in 2025? And I think the answer is absolutely not. I mean, I'm freshly minted as the CEO of a publicly listed company. So I've got, uh, you know, I've got plenty of uh, plenty of miles to run on on this journey for me but it already is on my mind about well, what are my obligations yeah. to my company and to my shareholders when it comes to keeping our data safe and sending stuff around on emails no one agrees is the right way to be doing it so given a hundred percent of deals are done on email 
and email's not going to be any good anymore, what's going to replace it? Yeah. The answer, Dexter, is the dockyard. And how did you come up with the name, the dockyard? Yeah, not many people ask me that, actually. So there's obviously the play on dock. There's no K for the listeners. Um, that's It's D-O-C. So the play on dock, because documents... Uh, obviously underpin and create and record transactions and uh, but the dockyard in and of itself uh, I actually looked at what the dockyard in the shipping sense is and it's actually an intermodal space you've got the connectivity of global trade and boats arriving and then it's getting picked up by trucks and put on highway networks or trains are arriving and it's an engagement space where various parties and stakeholders are coming together into this one common spot and commerce is happening and it's a lot of different players all doing different things. And I actually quite liked the analogy um, with the way a deal works. You think about a deal, it's got multiple parties all doing different things and bringing different things to the deal. You've got a buyer, you've got a seller, you've got a buyer's advisor, you've got a seller's advisor, you've got investors. Um, and you know they all come into this one spot to get the work done and move on. Mm. So we've talked about the technology and the platform and the, the problem that you're solving. I guess the other equation for you as a, a CEO is the people part and the business and the culture that you're trying to build. So what, what are the, I guess, what are the f philosophies that you're bringing into this role as a CEO and as founder of the business that you really want to kind of instill, um, you know, within the values and the culture? Yeah. So this is probably the most important part of my job for the next five years, at least, uh, if not more. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I've, I'm listening a lot. I'm trying to learn from what other good businesses do and other, you know, good and impressive leaders across different businesses do in this space. Uh, I certainly don't pretend to have all the answers at all. Um, but there's a couple of things that really underpin what we do at the dockyard. Uh, we talk about um, being authentic. We talk about being humble. And so humble means, for me, it means moving your ego and yourself out of the equation. It, this, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, the dockyard. It's about our customers and solving for them what they need solved. Because if we do that well day in, day out, we all, we all win. Our customers win and we win too because we'll be a great company. Um, you know, a lot of people use the following phrase or adopt the following phrase, you know, no BS. Um, so it is a little bit, it's almost become one of those, you know, startup buzzwords or buzz phrases like pivot and all these things that gets overused. Journey, I may have even used journey myself already. Um, but, you know, no BS is, is really um, a true value for us. It's like, just get to the point, get, keep it simple, stop trying to pretend you're smart um, and just help people solve problems. Mm. And ownership's the last piece. I own stuff. Uh, the phrase, and uh, anyone from the dockyard that's listening to this will uh, roll their eyes because I say this a million times a day, that you know, leadership is not a rank. Leadership is a behavior. And I say that all the time at work because leadership is a behavior. It's about owning things. And everyone has an obligation of leadership mm. at the dockyard. Uh, it's not a thing that just the CEO or the C-suite or, you know, the head of engineering does. It's something that everyone has to do. Yeah. You walk past something and it's not right, pick it up, own it, get some help with it and deal with it. About five years back, I remember reading a line that perfectly summed up my thoughts on culture, everything that I've seen in 20 years of, of doing executive search. And the line is that a, the culture of an organization is determined by the worst behavior that the chief exec tolerates. <laughs> and I thought that is so true of every business yeah. that I see. 
no matter what's up on the wall you know if you're not if as the ceo if you're not living and breathing those values then they're just words yeah do you know what that's I really like that, Dexter. Thanks for sharing that with me. Actually, that's good. I've also I've heard the, uh, you know, the behavior you walk past is behavior you condone. It's yeah. a similar concept, yeah. right? And you know, we don't, um, you know, it's about behavior and about living it. It's not about you know having a fancy, you know, set of statement and values stuck on the wall that everyone walks past every day but doesn't you know take any notice of. And in fact, that's worse. Because if you're not going to live it, don't put it up on the wall. Yeah. Because actually that's disingenuous. Yeah. And that's when people get disengaged and think, do you know what? This place isn't standing for what I want it to stand for. Yeah. And they'll go elsewhere. And it goes back to the no BS value as well. Yeah. And do you know what? You can have the greatest idea in the world. You can have the greatest strategy in the world. You could even be really good at execution, which is really one of the key things. But if you haven't got good people, you got nothing. Hmm. So talking about the people, you're still a startup. Um what are the, the qualities that you look for in the people that are successful at the dockyard? Grit is one of them, actually. Determination. Um, not, uh, you know, not being you know, overly consuming you know, the Kool-Aid or smoking the peace pipe, however you want to put it, but also being bought into our mission, you know, being bought into our purpose. I mean, our, 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 our mission is to make doing deals a dream. Right, you know, and you know, we we have set ourselves the goal of being the number one deal technology in the world by twenty twenty five, and we think we're going to romp it in, and we, so I've, I want to find people that are and work with people that are up for coming on that you know run with us. Yeah, they're up getting in the boat and saying, all right, cool, let's grab an oar and pull on it and let's all go because there's going to be there's heaps of work to do. Um, there'll be good bits and there'll be bad bits. There'll be ups and there'll be downs, of course, because that's called business. Uh, but people who really, are, you know, want to use the dockyard also as a platform to, you know, push them to where they want to go next, yeah. right? Like, you know, you've got to make you've got to make your environment one where, you know, people can become better at what they do and better as a person, whether my business directly benefits from that or not. And you've been able to bring together a really impressive executive team and board advisory team. How have you been able to attract people in those early stages of that caliber? Yeah, it's, thank you. And you are right. I've got some amazing people already on board. Uh, I like to think it's charm, but it's probably not. Um, it's probably it's probably a mix of a couple of things. I think anyone who's in the corporate finance, you know, transactional, you know, fin, fintech, legal tech space, whenever they hear what we're doing, they immediately identify with it and recognize, holy moly, this is actually a great opportunity. This is a business which is filling, you know, fulfilling a real problem. And there's not a lot of people that's a, that are approaching it the way that we're approaching it. So I think they just get attracted to the opportunity yeah. more than anything because they in themselves are good, have a good eye for yeah. a good business and a good opportunity. And they want to, that's what gives them a buzz. Um, and then I think it's actually just having clarity of purpose and saying, here's what we're going to do. Um, if, you, if you're up for that, come on, because I need all the help I can get. Um, you know, and I think make, uh, in fact, our, our board chair uh, said to me, you know, very early on, I won't work with CEOs who won't listen to me. They don't have to always do what I say, but they've got to at least listen to me. And I think that's at least one thing maybe I get right. If I was going to choose something that I think I get right is I'm always happy to have someone's opinion. I'm always happy to change my mind. If I think it should be black and then someone says, no, it should be red for these reasons. I go, do you know what? You're right. 
Reddit is. Mm. Um, there's nothing worse than just being stoically attached to concepts and ideas just because you came up with them, because that's just dumb in my yep. book. Yeah. What are your thoughts on how you tackle that growth, not just here domestically, but you've talked about global as well. And if there are, we've got a global audience, people in the US and the UK, what would be the, I guess, the approaches that you would um, love to see and, and you know, take in those countries and how you would elevate the, the business and move it to that next stage? Yeah, one of the things that I'm really exploring quite heavily, Dexter, is applying consumer technology um, habits and rituals to an enterprise SaaS business. Right. Because enterprise SaaS is still pretty clunky in the main. It's still pretty manual. If you think about how do I become a customer of a well-known enterprise SaaS brand, um, it's hard to imagine one where I don't have to fill in some forms still or I don't have to have a long engagement uh, with multiple meetings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really difficult, yeah. right? And I've got yeah. a few brands in yeah. mind, but I have no idea who's listening, so I won't say any of them. Um, but enterprise SaaS is still actually quite clunky, even though the delivery mechanism, the SaaS bit, is you know obviously uh, you know significantly optimized over the old on-prem model. So we look at good consumer tech, and a lot of it hinges around user self-provisioning and user self-help. And we're looking at how we apply that to an enterprise SaaS model at scale globally so that someone can start using the dockyard. If there is a guy or a girl sitting in Kansas right now who's just got a mandate to do an M&A deal, they should be able to start and they will be able to start with the dockyard without talking to the dockyard. They can get going and become a customer, and then we'll engage with them. We'll make sure they're happy, that they're safe, that they're getting the most out of their time, getting value for the money that they're spending with us. Um, that's the model that mm. you look at the good consumer SaaS businesses have, and that allows you to scale your reach and your sales and your customer acquisition yeah. significantly more. And that's something I'm really focused on. And we're, we're, we're at an inflection point in society. There's a lot going on. Coronavirus, markets have tanked. There seems to be a view out there and perhaps coronavirus is the catalyst for remote working and for a complete change in how the workforce operates. Right. So happens. we're a virtual workspace for the deal. We're a yeah. virtual space in which all the participants in the deal participate and get things done, update people, transfer information, share files, uh, all done from, well, they could all be at home in quarantine, self-quarantine. The virtualization of the work is, you know, is not a trend that we've started. It's a trend, it's a wave that we've joined. Mm. Uh, absolutely, that's the case. I, I think it also goes a little bit beyond that as well, which is the reality is that, um, you know, people want the flexibility to be able to do what they want where they want, more so than ever in the past. And so technologies like ours in our vertical, which is deals, mm. facilitate that. You know what, if you want to be a corporate finance advisor or a M&A lawyer and do it from a beach in Bali, yeah. you know what, with the dockyard you can. Yeah. But well, um, so certainly we, we're ticking a lot of those boxes, but there's more compelling global trends around transmission of confidential information, which I think the dockyard addresses, mm. which is data security and compliance. And everyone, no, no one, in fact, is going to argue yeah that compliance is on a trend up and up and up, and that won't end. I mean, Australia, particularly in financial services, post the Hain Royal Commission is ultra sensitive right now. 
Um, you know, and banks are a clear customer uh, of ours. Yeah. So they transact every day. They lend money, particularly in the corporate space. Not so much. We're not so much focused on the consumer lending, but on corporate lending. Every day, they're mm. lending, and they're doing it on email. It's it's unsafe and it's unauditable. Yeah. And this is an industry that's just been through a royal commission. It's it's astonishing in yeah. many ways, and our technologies are out of the box and can solve these problems for them right now. So, Stuart, if we look, I guess, for this next 12 months, um, what, do you, what do you have planned for the dockyard and what are some of the, you know, the exciting things that you can share with us? So the opening of the London office is, uh, is one of the big uh, material items for us, uh, which is giving us boots on the ground in the UK and therefore um, the European market. Uh, and that's really exciting. We've got some very big and impressive anchor clients in the UK already, and we're going to grow off the back of that. The, uh, the UK and European deals market is significantly larger, um, uncontroversial to say, than the Australian and New yep. Zealand market where we've, you know, we, where we've grown our technology um, and cut our teeth. The wonderful thing about being an early stage tech company in the Australian and New Zealand market is that it's as sophisticated and fast moving as the, the, the Americas and the European and UK markets. It's just a little easier to handle. Yeah. You know, there's less zeros yeah. on some of these deals and it's easier to get in and see people and to get access to people and understand what they really need and yeah. get the feedback loops going. Um, but if I can impress a partner of a law firm in Sydney, a corporate finance advisor in Melbourne, an investment banker in Perth, I can impress the same humans in London, in New York, in Chicago, in you know Madrid, wherever. Yeah. Um, and you know we're we're proudly Australian, but we're definitely a global company. Yeah, and I think there's a misperception, particularly from people in the UK, that Australia is five years behind. That might have been the case ten years back. I've had a number of my contacts who are very well respected in the industry, who said that in areas like regtech, compliance, payments. Australia's ahead of the curve, certainly of the UK and the US. I can assure you of that observation because I fly between the US, the UK and Australia a lot and talk to my customers all over there. And, uh, and so I would add fintech and legal tech to that list. The adoption of technology in Australia and New Zealand as well, let's not forget our cousins across yep. the water, um, is phenomenal. There is an innovation in the DNA down here that um, makes organizations that are typically conservative braver. And they get on and start doing stuff, uh, which really raises eyebrows in the rest of the world. And so it's actually, we're at the frontier of it out here. So in fact, we're gonna be exporting that to the rest of the world over yeah. the next couple of years. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Stuart, we wish you every success with it. It sounds like you've got a fantastic platform and addressing a global market and a global problem um, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you. Hey, Dexter. Thanks for having me, mate. Tier 1 people are proud to announce that we're working with the Dockyard as their exclusive recruitment partners. If you want to get on board the rocket ship, please contact talent at tier1people.com. That's talent at tier1people.com.